0: The Strive 2-Week Online Boot Camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. The strong, the powerful Brian Gill is here on Money Savage Create. Welcome, Brian.
1: Thank you so much, George. I'm very, uh, very happy to be here.
0: Yeah, Brian is a computer scientist. He is an entrepreneur, an angel investor. He serves as the chairman of Gilware, which provides cyber risk assessments, data recovery, digital forensics, and incident response services. Excited to have you on the show. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you
1: do. Yeah. So, personal life side of things. Um, Got a wonderful wife kara and we've been uh, married for i don't know like almost 15 years now we got three young boys at uh, their ages like nine through three and uh, it's wrestlemania at my house every day <laughs> and uh we're kind of getting i was just telling george before we started like we're the amount of butts that i wipe is is getting <laughs> less and less every single day which is which is a great source of joy um yeah so it's uh we i definitely am coaching a lot of youth sports and uh, every single day there's something going on after school and every single morning it's a battle to get all the troops mobilized for the day and then uh you get to work and get to relax (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah so uh so gillaware and uh just in the last couple months, um, we've gone through half a little, a couple of our business units have been rebranded to a company called Tetra defense, but in general, you know, I've, I've spent the vast majority of my career helping companies and helping some individuals as well, dig out of data related disasters and calamities of all kinds.
0: Got it. And how did you, uh, how did you get into that?
1: Well, you know, it wasn't my idea. So um, I had gone out to the I had graduated with my computer science degree uh, around 98 and went out to the West Coast and played, wanted to be in the startup game. You know, wanted to. And this was the first Internet boom, right? This is like the pets.com and eBay and and this kind of stuff (laughs) and uh, worked at a bunch of startups and had a little bit of success definitely a lot of different failures and not personal failures, but I was on the couple of ships that hit the rocks. And, uh, when the NASDAQ, you know, crashed 80% or whatever it was, I, I ended up kind of tucking tail between my legs and went back to Wisconsin. And I was sitting around with my brother who was actually going to school for computer scientist at, or computer science at university of Wisconsin as well. Um, and he was Tyler, Tyler's not real academic, you know, he's real smart, but he, he definitely, it was a struggle for him to see some of the practicality in a lot of the, the schoolwork that he was taking. And he, he's, he wanted to, to start a business before graduating. And we were kind of talking about it because I, I was trying to figure out what my next move was. And I definitely wanted to be a captain of a ship and not, just be on a ship that hits the rocks, but I wanted to drive that thing into the rocks personally. <laughs> um, so uh, we were we were kicking around a lot of different ideas, and he, my brother Tyler, a couple years past, had had a hard drive crash in his personal computer, and it had all uh, pretty much every photo from his whole you know junior high through high school years, and you know he wanted to recover those and had been trying to find a solution, had called around and looked around and had managed to find two companies that did it, but they both told him that it was going to cost pretty much what our college tuition was, like many, many thousands of dollars. Hmm. And that really wasn't. So he's like, well, what about that? Because he had personally had that experience. He's like, how hard could that be? And well, like, it turns out it's really hard. <laughs> but you know that's that's where it came from is is a personal experience we did some you know really half-baked market research and figured out that hey if we could do this for you know you know a little cheaper than these other two providers like there's probably a niche here for us and pretty quickly found out that there was and you know within about a year we had almost a dozen employees in an office and and it was kind of off to the races
0: nice well congratulations on that and it seems like a, a pretty common a pretty common thing where somebody in, encounters a, a problem personally and goes to look for a solution, doesn't really find a good one in the marketplace and therefore um, invests and, and and figures out how to do it a little bit better. So I appreciate that. Well, there's a couple things I'd really like to talk to you about. Um, like you mentioned uh, when when we just started our conversation about how you've got the three boys, and I told you about how I've got a three-year-old and a three-month-old and different stages, but 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 thinking about the same things. And you mentioned, you know, you're 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 working to to be mindful and to be present as present as you can uh, during this this, for lack of a better term, season of life. So, we would just love to hear about how you try to find that work-life balance, work-life boundaries, work-life rhythm, however you want to describe it.
1: Yeah, I was listening to one of your other podcasts and they were talking about those boundaries. And I I think for me, that resonates more than necessarily balance. Um, You know, I'm personally built a little different than than I think most people. Uh, I'm a combination of incredibly impatient and (laughs) also when i'm when i'm working you know and especially in like the early days when i mean before the family and when we were like literally trying to get our first little tech company off the ground it was not uncommon to to work those you know 80 or 90 hour weeks and and everyone's like oh my god that must be killing you and it's like well not really it, you know it's it's what i want to do and i get energy from it and having to like go to sleep sucks you know like it yeah. was fun and it was leading to a path where i wouldn't have a boss and i could be kind of master of my own fate and that's a lot more important to me than than a work life balance would be for for a lot of other people and again i think most people in my shoes would be miserable. But, you know, I was miserable in those 40 to 50 hour a week, normal jobs with a huge corporate structure. Um, that's misery to me. And so for, uh, but anyways, but those boundaries are important because, you know, after me and my wife started procreating and, and having these children, um, if you're not careful and, and my wife, by the way, is a, is a pediatric radiologist and, like runs a pediatric radiology department at a local children's hospital. And she doesn't exactly have a a normal job either. You know, she's, she probably has those weeks where she still has to put in those sixties because she's on call over a weekend and it's, you know, calamity and, you know, she's working sometimes eight to 10 hours on a Saturday and a Sunday, you know, um, not all the time, but once every four weeks about. So, but, but if we're not careful, you know, we're going to miss these years, you know? Um, and I, we are having, I'm, I'm still occasionally having those days where boy, you know, the kids go to sleep and it's eight Oh one and my head's going to hit the pillow pretty shortly thereafter, you know, uh, just cause you're just literally exhausted from, from all the different, stresses of the day. Um, but for me personally, like trying to turn off and it's hard for everybody, you know, and especially when I'm in the emergency services business and I've got even clients that want to get a hold of me sometimes in the middle of the night, because there's a disaster going on that they want our assistance with, um, you know, turning off the cell phone, like literally trying to make sure that four or five days a week, you turn it off when you get home and you just stick it someplace and you don't pick it up till the next morning, you know, and making sure no matter what happens, you know, come seven o'clock, you're going to spend that hour with the kids, you know, reading books and putting them down, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, and you, you got to pick your back. I have to pick my battles. I've got to really set my priorities straight and And for me, that means learning to live with some of the professional stuff not being accomplished as quickly as I would like, right? Mm -hmm. And that's really weird for me, but that's what I'm working on.
0: It's that uh, extremely impatient thing you were talking about earlier.
1: Yeah, (laughs) everything that I want done, I want it done now or yesterday. And and when one of my engineers tells me, oh, it's going to be yeah, we'll have that tweak to the website done like in like three weeks. I'm like, really? Let's dissect that. Like, <laughs> you really think this is going to take 200 hours of work, you know? And yeah, it's I'm not, I'm very, very, once I understand why something's going to take that long, I'm fine with it. But you know, it, it really, for me personally, learning to understand that not not every project needs to get done on my timeline and in fact relaxing my timeline a little bit leads to happier kids and happier wife you know
0: how did you figure that out
1: uh the hard way the way i figure out <laughs> everything <laughs> you know i mean it i think everybody hits has those moments you know i think every relationship has those moments where you know and I, you know, my wife with, with both of our schedules, I mean, we have it kind of both ways. I mean, there's times where, you know, it's Sunday and it's two o'clock and, you know, she gets that page and she's going to go to the hospital and we might not see her till 10 p.m. Right. I mean, that's. And then you're sitting there and it's like, well, all those plans that we had are kind of blown up. And if, if you're not careful, that can be a source of contention. But, you know, we kind of got into it together. We were both the kind of. We both had these high stress and you know jobs when we got together so it's i think in a weird way it's easier for us than if if one spouse has got this high-powered career and then this other spouse feels like they're like stuck with the family or whatever you know Mm -hmm. not that i would ever feel that way but you know we we both kind of are used to it i guess and Know that we have to put in a lot of that little extra effort to kind of draw those boundaries where we can.
0: I think that that's a really interesting thing right there. That the, the I think that that any time um, you know husband wife or whoever starts a family and now there's kids, having the expectations um, either clear or not clear is probably what's going to help you to be successful or not successful. And that both of you were both driving and to your point and what you said in high stress, really you, very, very driven people knowing that, that 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 you're trying to create something important was was probably pretty different. Um,
1: well, yeah. And, and again, I, th- I think part of it for me, it, it, I have because I have friends, you know, that have gone through similar things or similar issues and, you know, communication. <laughs> is so important Mm -hmm. and um it's not even that we have like those like one hour long like one-on-one in-depth conversations about life that we had when we were dating but making sure that we're kind of just clear with i I don't let anything simmer you know And, and i don't think my wife really does either we're both pretty direct and that's for us a really good thing um, if, if I feel strongly that something needs to happen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to communicate that. And if she feels strongly, then she's going to communicate it. And, you know, we're not just going to let just develop that like contempt over time about little things. And that means that we both need to make we're both constantly just making these little micro sacrifices. Right. You know, uh, I, there's all kinds of things that, you know, she would probably like to do in her personal life. And, you know, there's all kinds of things that, you know, 15 years ago that I love to do. Like I used to like to play video games. I used to like to play poker with my buddies. You know, I used to like to go to a, you know, casino or a, a local tavern here with two or three of my buddies and watch a ball game. Like, you know, it's kind of sad, I guess, but like, I don't, I don't do any of that crap anymore, you know? Um, but I also don't really need it because I've replaced it with things that it turns out are actually more important, you know? So my, you know, 15 years ago, if you would have told me that I wouldn't have any of that, I would be like, really, that sounds like it sucks, (laughs) (laughs) but it doesn't, it's actually pretty awesome. And, uh, but yeah, communication is just, just critical. And, And then prioritizing your life and that, and for me anyways, that means, you know giving up a couple of the things that that we did as youths and and it also means dialing back my professional aspirations 20
0: percent. yeah i appreciate that and you're also in business with 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 your brother
1: yeah with a couple of them actually my brother wesley is also uh an executive at at the newly formed tetra defense so I, i'm i'm one of three brothers i have three boys and, and I'm hoping that you know, 20, 25 years from now, my boys are not necessarily working together, but that they're as close as I am with mine.
0: Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Is would would you say that communication is is similar with your brothers as it is with with your wife?
1: No, well, I mean, uh, it's it's with the brothers. It's people. A lot of people say, "Oh, geez," you know. The thing about it in the earliest days, uh, when you work with your family members, um. I don't have normal family members, okay, my, my family, we don't have, there's no black sheep in our family, you know, the, they're, my brothers are, like, high energy, incredibly smart, incredibly motivated people, and they also are very different, we're all very different from each other, we all have very different complementary strengths, so this is a weird thing, you know, like, you know, there's... This very easily could have worked out very differently, but you know, like my brother Tyler is incredibly detail oriented. He tends to run the books for both of the companies right now, and you know, if there's a $57 transaction somewhere, he knows about it. Hmm. You know, he knows about. He, he's very, very detail oriented. He handles all of our insurance and 401ks and you know rents and more you know he handles all of that stuff and he never he's never dropped the ball in like 16 years with like you know at the over the years we've had well over 100 employees and you know i can't remember one time something bad happened because of him a mistake that he made nice. he, he's just very very and i am up in the sky like i don't want to have anything to do with that level of granularity. And then my brother Wes is got some, he's a, he's just a natural leader and he's drawn to, to kind of big problems and he oversees all of our kind of infrastructure and software project developments and is constantly working with large teams of people, sometimes overseas, sometimes remotely. And he can be juggling like 87 balls in the air and he'll, he's going to catch all of them. So it's, it's a very, and we've also managed to find lots of other critical executives along the way, uh, that really, um, are complementary to the whole thing. And it's, but yeah, working with them, I mean, I might go a week without talking to Wes sometimes Tyler, I see and kind of interact with daily, but, um, yeah, we're not sick of each other. And, it's if anything it's probably enhanced our relationships because if we weren't you know professionally engaged we'd probably see each other a lot less and even our families a lot less
0: got it I appreciate that so you've got so many different priorities you said that uh, that you're more sort of big picture than you are granular and and um, I'll just leave it at that Are, are there certain things that you know that you have to do on a daily basis professionally Like essentials.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I tend to, I try to segment my day. And again, I'm in, we're in between Tetra and Gilware, we're in the emergency services business. So we never quite know what Monday is going to look like, Hmm. right? We show up and there's going to be hundreds of data related disasters all over the U.S. And, you know, three or four dozen of them are going to call us to engage with our services. And they're different. Every disaster is different, so we don't have a super duper traditional amount of control over over what our weeks look like. So, but for me personally, I try to kind of break my time into to kind of three. I try to spend. I'm gonna be in the office maybe seven hours a day because uh, I like to get my kids ready in the morning, and then I usually have to get one of them to like a soccer practice by like four o'clock. So I'm gonna be like in the office like seven hours a day. And I like to actually schedule like one-on-ones with different staff members for about two of those hours. I try to spend about two or three of those hours with clients, although there's a high degree of variability there, because I don't know exactly how much client interaction I'm gonna have, because I don't exactly know how many disasters are gonna require my direct attention. And then I'm going to spend about a third of my time on kind of bigger picture, kind of CEO stuff, and I work with our digital marketing group and our sales groups and that kind of stuff.
0: Nice, I appreciate that. Well, Brian Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them?
1: Yeah, so this is not this is more practical, right? Um, you need to protect yourselves. There are some emerging threats that in the last four years have become very, very real. And a lot of times in business, we have these kind of fake boogeymen that we use to kind of scare people into buying crap. And this isn't that. There are thousands of very well-funded cyber terrorists out there that are trying to get your personal information and they're trying to steal your data and your money. Okay. And it's happening daily to thousands of successful people in this country every single day, including, you know, like Jeff Bezos was in the news that his phone got cracked and he got all the way owned. If they can get Jeff Bezos, they can get you. Okay, but there are some simple steps that you can take as a person to dramatically dial up your personal security. Uh, Number one lock down your credit there's absolutely no reason to let x you know experion and equifax and transunion out there holding on to a treasure trove of your information and selling it you don't get any direct benefit from that be a grown-up if you want to buy a car all you got to do is go to their website unfreeze your credit for a week and then go apply for that car okay so freeze your credit there's no reason not to uh, on your two-factor authentication, 2FA or you know U2F, this is an acronym and it basically means when you go to log into anything, take two steps. First step is use your username and password. That is not good enough for anything these days. You have to have that rotating smartphone Google authenticator on your phone or a text from your bank or whatever almost every major service you use whether it's gmail whether it's facebook whether it's your bank whether it's your you know financial accounts they almost all have a method of two-factor authentication you need to turn it on and make sure your spouse turns it on and your kids and your grandparents everybody's got to turn it on if you're running a small office you need a firewall No, your Windows operating system is not a firewall. Look, I have the software. No, you don't. You have to, if you have a real office with like multiple employees, you have to pay a local IT provider called a managed service provider to come out and install like a thousand dollar piece of equipment that will be in front of, it'll be the first line of defense. And that's how you log into your network is you have to go through that firewall and guess what? You're going to have two-factor authentication on firewall. Last thing, because I could talk about this crap all day, is – and people say, oh, I should back up my data. Well, listen, you're not going to because you're busy and you're lazy and you have a million (laughs) different things going on or a million different distractions. And it's never going to be that perfect moment to say, you know what? I'm going to drop everything and go back up all my data. (laughs) You're just never going to do it. You have to buy something probably from like one of those managed service providers that is going to automatically, without you doing anything, take all the data that you and your business generate, put it somewhere else. And no, the other thing people tell me is like, well, I have the cloud. It's like the cloud isn't a backup. The cloud is the cloud. You know, it's, it's it's the primary data store. You need a secondary data store. So go buy another cloud that's on a different service and synchronize that data to the other thing. And and again, for those backups, you need to enable two-factor authentication on those backups, because on the incident response side of our business, which is businesses getting hacked by bad guys, a lot of these companies had backups. Most of them had backups. The problem is the bad guys on the network sees the backups and kills them, because he's already breached your one user's authentication is how he got on in the first place so you need to have a different layer of network security on that backup so that worst comes to worst the bad guys on the network he encrypts all the data he couldn't get at or she couldn't get at because i guess some of the cyber criminals might be female but most of them are male and uh you know make sure that they can't get to those backups too so at least you don't have to like Pay tens of thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars to get access to your own information, right? So that's probably a little bit different than the normal I- advice you might get. But people, you got to watch yourselves out there. It's 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 a jungle out there.
0: Well, like that is great stuff. That definitely gets come on, come on. That's probably one of the best money saving tips that, that 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 we're ever going to have on the show. So I dude,
1: like that. <laughs> it, it, it's if you listen to George throughout the years and you've saved up that big nest egg don't watch it all, just go out the window because you didn't actually protect your identity, you know?
0: There you go, I like it. Well, Brian, thank you so much for coming out. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Where can they find the companies?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, gillware.com, G-I-L-L-W-A-R-E. Hopefully you never need us because you didn't have any, that's where we do the data recovery aspect, so you lost data, your company lost data, whether it was a fire or a flood, uh, that kind of thing, Um, or just clicking servers or Accidental deletions. Um, TetraDefense.com is where we do incident response and risk assessments. So if you're if you're if I scared you a little bit with uh, some of that talk, and you run kind of a mid-sized business, and you're like, geez, I wonder if our network security is any good. It isn't, and uh, you can call us over at TetraDefense, and uh, you can actually go through a self-assessment on our website where we ask you about 40 or 50 questions, and then we give you a score. That questionnaire, you're going to need your IT guy with you. That's not, that's not a fluffy questionnaire. So if you're just like a CEO, like me or a normal day-to-day executive or a president or something that like you are not going to be able to take that self-assessment, you need to have your MSP or your IT person with you and then take that together. And if you come out the end of it and it's looking bad and want to chat with us, we make that pretty easy.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Brian your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to gilware.com and go to tetradefense.com as well. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Brian. Thank you so much. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.